Please turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 7. Have you ever wondered to yourself, if God wanted to talk to me about something in my life, how would he do that? Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever thought, you know, how does God speak to me if he's wanting to address an issue, if you will? Because sometimes it seems like God is silent. Have you ever felt like that? Like God is just not talking? Like, where, where are you, God? Well, I'm going to hopefully share with you one way that God does that this morning. And answer that question, at least from this aspect or this view. And so we're asking ourselves the question, how does God make us aware of issues in our lives? And we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to read verses 1 through verse 6. Judge not that you will not be judged, for in the way you judge you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet in turn and tear you to pieces. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. And we thank you that you're in charge of where we land each week. And we look to you to speak to all of us this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we look at how God makes us aware of issues in our life, we will discuss self-evaluation. We'll discuss the mirror effect, and we're going to discuss the treasure in the lessons. And so we begin with self-evaluation. Now, we've all heard this. You probably heard this preached as, do not judge. You should not judge. You ever heard that sermon before? That's not what he's saying here at all. We're never told not to judge. We're told not to be judgmental. Or we're not told not to discern. But... What we're to discern is what God is doing. Because we're talking this morning about how God speaks to us, right? About an issue. And so spiritually, what is going on? Well, what's going on is God is speaking to you, but what you think you are noticing in others. So when we see the issues that other people have in their life, the first thing we have to ask ourselves, if we've seen that, if that's a revelation to us, do I have the same thing? Most of the time we don't ever think that. We go, well, how terrible that Mark is, or how terrible uh, Bob is, or, or how, how could um, Joe be that way? Or that Sally, can you believe that's true? But I cannot, man, that's terrible. Instead of saying, is there any element of that in me? Is there any of that in me? If God has given us spiritual vision, if he's allowed us to see something, the point of it is, is to take it in and ask yourself, why is these verses here if that's not what God is up to? 
And so we have to go through self-evaluation. The first thing we have to ask is, do we have it also? But then we're told here in these verses that how you judge, how you judge, you will be judged. And we measure to you how you measure it. Well, why would I be judged if I judge? Because I've got the same problem. And so the judgment that I'm saying of how terrible Bob is and how could anybody be like that, it's the same because it applies to me too, if that's true, right? That's the point he's making. He's not saying that, well, if you give it out, it's going to come back to you just like that. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is when you're doling this stuff out, about how terrible they are and have the same problem, you're receiving that same judgment on yourself because you have the same problem and you haven't done your self-evaluation. You know, is he just talking about the law of sowing and reaping? No. He's talking about that. He's talking about our come across. See, if we accept these verses as true, then we must accept that this is how God speaks to us. Because in the verses, we're told, and we're going to get to the word in a minute, we're told hypocrite. We all like hypocrites, don't we? You ever been judged by somebody for something that was doing the same thing? Anybody ever done that? And you just kind of go, are you serious? You're going to come at me with that when you do the same thing? Have you ever thought that? I have. <clears throat> then I loaded it up. <laughs> come at me again. I'm ready. Whoops. Self-evaluation. So is there an issue... And if they're coming at me like that, have I come at people like that? This is tough stuff, but if we want to hear the voice of God, we've got to know where to listen. We've got to know where to listen. And so if you see spiritual, what you think to be a spiritual deficiency in somebody else, the first question you ask is, is that in me? Is that in me? You know, because here's the thing. The Holy Spirit comes to do what in our lives? Lead us into all truth and convict of sin. So we're told in Scripture that's his job. It's not my job to convict you of sin. It's the Holy Spirit's job. Is the Holy Spirit able to do his job? Pretty good. He's pretty good at it. You ever been cornered by the Holy Spirit about something? That's fun, isn't it? Yeehaw. He's good at it. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't need any assistance from me. And so then why would he show me that to somebody else? Well, I think that's a great question. That's the mirror effect. So we go from self-evaluation to the mirror effect. God shows us ourselves through the lives of others. 
You know the people that you, you, you guys ever did people irritate y'all ever? <laughs> Come on, I cannot be the only one. I'm not talking about somebody in this room. I'm just saying in general. <laughs> it's like, are you serious, people? I was on the phone with a friend of mine just yesterday, and somebody did a U-turn right in front of him and cut him off, and then beat their horn at him because he almost hit him. You know, it's just people. And so we have to look and ask and ask ourselves. See, God shows us ourselves through the lives of others. He asks, why do we look at the speck in our brother's eye, but do not notice the log in our own eye? And so here's what's going on. I want you the words are very important that he chose there. So we pay attention to their issue and don't even notice the giant problem in our own life. We're paying attention to the speck and not even seeing the exact same problem. Because our eyes are not where they're supposed to be. We can't hear God if we're not willing to look and listen. If we're not willing to evaluate, what is he saying? The mirror effect is meant to show you yourself. And we just talked about it. I mean, we're on to the word hypocrite. There are times, ladies and gentlemen, we're hypocrites. You know, I, if any, have you ever invited somebody to church and they say, well, I don't want to go down. It's a bunch of hypocrites down there. If anybody ever says that to you, I'm going to give you the answer. Tell them you're right and you'll fit right in. You're right. It's called the truth, the truth. You're right and you'll fit right in. Where would you want the hypocrites to go? Where are they going to get help? By the word of God, right? Amen? A hypoc- uh, the word of God can put a hypocrite on the straight and narrow, can it? If it can save a lost man from going one direction and going the other, it can definitely change our lives. And so he calls them hypocrites because they're not rightly judging themselves when God is trying to work in their life. Have you ever noticed that sometimes you seem to have the same problem over and over, or the same problem with people over and over? It's like, why? Why does God keep sending me all these people with this same issue? Have you ever noticed that? You, maybe you haven't because you guys are super spiritual and you're always paying attention to the Lord. I've noticed that because I don't always do it. He's trying to show, you know, here's the thing. When you look in a mirror, it doesn't matter what mirror you look in, you see the same picture. And so that's part of what God's trying to get my attention. I know this is ugly, and you guys don't want to hear this. I don't want to, I don't want to say it, because I have to hear it too. But here's the thing. If we're going to, there's a reason that God is showing us this or telling us. Because it's an obstacle to his work in us and through us. 
And he's trying to remove obstacles to our effectiveness in ministry. Because if we have seen, <coughs> what we've seen in the days recent is an expansion of ministry, more involvement. We're seeing God at work. It's been super fun. And we're going to be rolling out some more things, some new, new ministries that I already have some of y'all in mind. You think you're flying under the radar? You know in class when they, when they ask a question and everybody kind of sinks down and hopes that they don't get called on? You can't hide here. I've got you in mind. I want to know that it's the Lord that puts you on my mind, though, not me. So there's opportunity coming. We have a couple things that are pretty exciting. But God's trying to remove these things out of our lives because if they're irritating you and it's in your life, it's irritating other people, right? So when you go home today, you can tell people that at church day, I learned that I'm irritating. <laughs> Aren't you glad you came? All right, you guys are all giving me. Have you ever irritated anybody? Yeah, yeah I have. How many of you have ever done it on purpose? <laughs> so three people irritated, but 15 irritated on purpose. <laughs> they say a church is a reflection of the pastor. What does that say? Terrible. Maybe I need to apply this to my own life. Nobody. <laughs> uh, that's grace. So we're to deal with our own log first so we can see clearly to remove this fact. So what we gain from removing the problem from our own life is an understanding of why it's happening, why we haven't seen it yet, and the method of surrendering it to God. Do you all follow that? What we gain, I'm going to read that again. What we gain from removing the problem from our own life is an understanding of why it's happening because you have to, to deal with it, you've got to look at it. Why we haven't seen it yet, why up until now haven't I noticed this? And the method of surrendering it to God, because sometimes that can be the hardest part, right? You ever, how many of you have ever been at the altar and surrendered something <coughs> to God and then stood up and drug it back to your seat with you? Anybody yes. other than me? Yeah. <clears throat> I've done it. I get there and I say, God, this is all yours. And on my way back to my seat, now, how do I do, what do I need to do to get rid of this? You know, and if I start doing now that God has it, what do I got to do? Same thing. You just drag it right back. It's not surrendering if you don't leave it there. <laughs> and so the mirror is meant to show us ourselves through others. That's what God's doing. But there's treasure in the lessons, folks. There's treasure in the lessons, and he's, he uses a significant example here. And it's, it's when you, when I started to peel it back, it was really, it struck me. And, and hopefully you guys will go through the same thing. Maybe it was just for me. He tells us not to give what is holy to dogs. Now, we know back then, in context, that he's talking to Israel and dogs were the Gentiles. They were not included until the cross and the fellowship. 
And we were grafted in. We were adopted into the family through the blood of Christ. And so he's telling us here, what he's telling them is to not give this to people who are outside the faith. So the lessons that we learn and the things that we go through are not meant to take outside the faith because they have no basis of transformation. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. So we don't take these things and try to change the world with it. These are things that God is doing. What it does is it makes us more effective in the gospel. So when we carry the gospel, because the gospel is the power of God and the salvation. When we carry that, there's no obstacles to them hearing that. And so be careful. When God gives you this gift, it's a holy gift from him to gain spiritual insight. See, we're told in Scripture that spiritual things are, are understood spiritually. The things of God can only be interpreted and understood by God-giving revelation. You can't, as somebody who doesn't, if somebody doesn't know him, they can't just apply themselves to this and gain spiritual insight without God's hand in it. They can learn the facts of the Bible, the information, but never catch the meaning. And so... He tells them, don't give what is holy to dogs. Then he says, don't throw your pearls before swine. Now, what is a pearl? Well, it's obvious, right? Comes from an oyster. Beautiful, we wear them with our evening wear, ladies, right? Sometimes we wear them to church. They're beautiful, they cost a lot of money, the real ones especially. But what is a pearl? Do you know what a pearl is? A pearl begins as an irritation to the oyster. And the oyster applies coat after coat after coat after coat after coat to this thing. So it goes from this tiny little Thing to this big thing, which is no longer an irritation, which that I don't understand. I would think something bigger would be more of an irritation, right? But the way God works, it's, <laughs> it doesn't work the way I think all the time. And so all these coats, and it becomes this thing of beauty. And so why did he use that illustration? Because he takes an irritation that's in our life and that's irritating others and others are irritating us. And he coats it and he coats it with layers of understanding and love and compassion and in removal. And so the coating of the oyster is the removal of the irritation. And we're told not to cast that before swine because they'll destroy it and then they'll turn on you. And swine was an un, a, a swine, a pig, was an unclean animal. Those who are outside again. So if you take that, that God meant to give you this blessing and this understanding, this spiritual understanding, and you take it into the world, the world's going to come back and try to destroy you. That's not what it's for. It's for you and us. It's for the family. And so he tells them that because here's what happens. We've learned this thing that God has taught us. And we take it into the world and the world chews us up 
They call us all kinds of names as Christians. And we, they tell us that we're self-righteous. And we feel so bad because of the encounter. And we tie it to the gift that God's given because we're not applying this verse. And then we want to blame God and say, where were you, God? And he's like, I've been right here. I told you not to do it. You did it anyway. That ain't God's fault. It's ours. And so the treasure in the lessons, we treasure the lessons that God gives us. We treasure them. Listen, it's meant to help others, but you must be careful who you share it with. They have to be teachable. They have to be a seeker of God. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. And so if you share it with the wrong people, they won't get it. And they'll use your vulnerability against you. They will. So be careful. But see, God is speaking to us. We didn't realize how much God was speaking to us. People, there's a bunch of people that irritate us, don't they? There's a bunch of things they do. God is speaking to us. He's trying to talk to you. He calls us hypocrites here by not paying attention to the things we see. If we're hypocrites, we're doing the same thing. And we can't allow that. And then we go, well, God, don't talk to me. He does. He's talking to you. That's the cool thing. You can leave out here with that too. Not that you're, you're, you're an irritation. But that God's, trying, God's been talking to you all along. Isn't that cool? And the thoughts of irritation you have is a response, one of our responses to that. But when, the, when you notice that and you have the thoughts of, that Mark is really, he's a mess. <coughs> you have it too. So if we take one of those, and let's say I hunted and hunted for decades and I found a problem in Stephen. It would take that long to find one. I need to check myself first, don't I? Spiritually. I'm going to show you how this works. Stephen's going to be my guinea pig. He didn't know about that. <laughs> Not a swine. <laughs> but if I see something, I need to look first here. And then I need to carry it before the Lord and ask him and walk, work my way through it. We're going to walk through that in just a minute. And then when I've gone through the process with the Lord, does that change my approach when I go to... Because I know the difficulty, right? My compassion and my heart changes. And I guarantee you, when you, I come broken to Him, if God has shown me that, He's prepped His heart already, and maybe this is the answer He's been praying for. And it's not judgmental anymore. It's one brother lifting up another brother. And vice versa. Stephen would do the same for me. And I know him. I know his heart. He would check himself. I know, he, I know him. And his only heart for me would be to lift me up. That's the way. That's why this is here, folks. And so if God is speaking to you, and you all have admitted this morning that he has been, how do we respond? Well, here's how we respond. We have to identify what is bothering you. Identify what is bothering you about someone else right now. 
Maybe not right now, but now. What's bothering you? Make a list of the issue you're seeing in their life. Well, that, that Zoe, she is in. And the first thing we do is we dismiss it almost instantly. Whew, I'm glad I'm not like Zoe. Isn't that what we do? Come on, folks, I know you do it, because I do it. I'm glad I'm not like Bob or Bill. We dismiss it. We want to just lay judgment. Instead of going, man, is there something there? Two, pray and ask God if you have the same issue. Just ask him. God, do I have that issue? Do I have that issue? Is that why I'm seeing this? Is that why this is coming to me? A genuine heart prayer because maybe God's trying to bless you with the truth and is removing obstacles out of your life so he can use you to help others. Because if I can't see clearly to help somebody get the speck out, then what good am I? I can't be used. And if he, he's trying to help me see clearly how to do that by showing me it in other people so that I can be a blessing. You know, somebody who's been through something, when they come to you, it's different. Have you ever noticed that? Like people that have gone through a serious medical situation or an emotional situation, a loss of a loved one. That's why we have recovery groups. Because it helps to be with somebody who's down the road a little further with it. It gives you hope. And it's actually a lot easier to turn loose of the speck. I wonder, maybe that's why it's a speck. Because you have hope. Because someone did the work. And so pray that God, pray and ask God if you have the same issue. So one is, write down what's bothering you about somebody else right now. Pray and ask God if you have the same issue. Three, Go through the process of addressing your law. Find someone you trust to walk with you through the removal process. Do not pick somebody you don't trust. Don't pick somebody you're hoping you trust. Pick somebody you know is safe that you can talk to. God will grant you that with other people. And if you feel like an island, come talk to me. Nobody in here should be an island. Nobody. We're here for each other. We love one another. This is not in, in a singles cruise. This is a family cruise. We do this together. Four. Do not correct or help anyone with an issue in their life that you've not solved in your own life personally. Or at least gone through the process of seeing if it's there. See, that gives us the credentials to be used. That gives me the credentials to be used by God. Not just because <laughs> I see this in, in Bubba's life, so I'm going to help him. I'm going to help Bubba today. 
Bubba is going to perceive arrogance, isn't he? Especially if I've not been through it, because I can't identify with him. I can't meet him where he is. Then it becomes smart me telling dumb Bubba how to fix their problem. That's how it comes across, and come across matters. Come across matters, it absolutely matters. How you say things, have you ever, has anybody ever said anything in a rude way to you? Has anybody ever said something that was so nice you didn't get offended, but you knew that they had just insulted you? And I've got a friend like that. He's really good at it. I've been trying to learn. <laughs> he's down the road further. <laughs> but he's really good. He can tell people things, and they don't get offended. But he identifies with a lot because he's been through a lot, and he's been willing to self-diagnose and teach. And so... Folks, God is speaking to you. You know, if we don't take this, if we don't take the lessons that God's given us, God is trying to talk to you, folks. He's trying to talk to you. If we don't pay attention, I want to show you where this, how this ends up if we don't. Because I was reading this, this list of uh, sayings this week. <clears throat> about a bad church business meeting. You know it's a bad church business meeting when the following is said or when the following happens. People arrive at the meeting clutching copies of books about spiritual abuse. You're asked to try on a pair of bloody gloves. A loyal supporter presses a can of mace into your hands. The church constitution suddenly becomes revered as the most important legal document since the Magna Carta. The 60 Minutes crew is there to film it. Your neighbors hear about the meeting on their police scanner. The people begin referring to you as our former pastor. That's a bad business meeting, but that's what happens. That's what happens if we don't address the issues ourselves. We become self-absorbed. I knew of a church business meeting once. This is true. This came from a pastor to me. There was two ladies fighting over the colored curtains that went over the window by the sink in the kitchen. I am not kidding. They were fighting over this color. And they went to the business meeting. It had been relatively quiet to the very end. One of them moves that we put up green curtains to get the load of the whole body. The other woman stands up and she goes, Now do it! And she let her have it. Is that what the church is supposed to be about, folks? Do you realize that our witness and our unity is part of the world knowing that Jesus Christ sent us into the world. There will be people that come and go from here from time to time. That's just part of life. They're looking for something else. They may think I'm crazy when I talk to them about exchange life. I thought the guy was crazy when he talked to me about it. It could be anything. 
They may look at you and say, I could never measure up with them. I do it every Sunday. <laughs> but our unity is a huge part of our witness. Jesus prayed before he went to the cross for it. So the world will know that our testimony is true. And so we cannot allow division to come in here from the enemy. He'll use stuff like this to try to separate us. And if we're not spiritually mature enough to recognize it, we're going to be peeling off. And we're not going to be hearing what God wants. And our iron isn't going to get any sharper because the same problem is going to be with us when we go. And so my goal is to deal with my own junk. And if that helps you, so be it. And God forbid that we have to approach each other because we're not listening ourselves. Wouldn't that be great? You never even had to approach somebody because he dealt with them too. You know, that happened to me once. I was, I was dealing with, the, I actually applied it. <laughs> I actually did this once. And I went to the person, I had gone through this process and I just, it just got heavier and heavier and heavier. And I went to them and I said, you know, I've been working. I became vulnerable, right? Because it's a vulnerability thing. I became vulnerable and I said, you know, I've been working on this. And this, this is so funny. God just started to talk to me about that very thing. And I just said, I'm here if you need me. We had a few conversations, but they worked it out. That's the way it's supposed to be, folks. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's what we're called to we're called there to be there as brothers and sisters, as family of God. Not, we're told if you bite and devour one another, you'll be consumed. And so hear the voice of God in your life. He's speaking. He's speaking. The question is, are we listening? Are you listening? Am I listening? Let's not go down the wrong path. Let's go down the path and take hold of the hand of Jesus who's leading us every step of the way. Amen? I'm going to ask everybody to bow their head and close their eyes.